Welcome to this edition of Build Your Tribe. Today, how to deliver your message by improving your vocal quality with guest expert Tammy Romani. Welcome to Build Your Tribe with your host, Shalene Johnson. Today, you'll hear from Tammy Romani. She's a business and brand vocal expert with over 30 years of experience. Tammy teaches people just like you how to make their message more impactful by using their voice. Tammy is, in fact, the expert that I turned to when we began developing the 131 method, knowing that I was going to be bringing in other experts, doctors, registered dietitians, integrative medical professionals. One thing that's really important is that you feel confident in the information and the knowledge and expertise that they're sharing. I didn't want anything to detract from that message, so we brought in the big guns, Tammy Romani. And today she joins us on Build Your Tribe. Tammy teaches entrepreneurs and people just like you who want to reach the masses how to use your voice as the most powerful tool that you have. I mean, think about it. I'm on your headphones or in your ears right now, and it's just my voice. You can't see me, you can't feel me, but you can hear me. And when you listen to a person's voice, you either like them, trust them, believe them, or you feel like you have to take care of them, or you, or you doubt them. And you don't want people to doubt the conviction, the passion, the belief you have in your message. So Tammy today is going to share with us all of her best tips to help you make sure your message lands. Grab a pen and a piece of paper. It's time for a little self-improvement. Tammy, it is so great to have you here today. I want to say thank you, not just for the time you're going to spend with us here today on the podcast, but also for the time that you've spent with my staff. Oh, thank you, Shalene. I love your staff. They are <laughs> the best team I've ever worked with, honestly. Oh, sorry for other teams. Oh, wow. But I, what I love about them is how cohesive they are and how they love each other so well. Oh, they really do. And we love our message, which is why it was so important that we turn to a voice expert, someone who is an expert at helping people's message land. The message behind the 131 is specifically the team that I'm referring to. And and that message is so important for people not to just understand, but like to really hear it. And that's why I wanted to have you work with our team, because what they have to say and the message that we're trying to get out to the world needs to be heard. So one of the most common things that I hear from any area of business expert where I'm telling them, listen, to help build your brand, to build your business, to reach more people, you have got to get you in some way, shape or form into social media. And I just hear the same obstacle over and over again. But I hate my voice. I hate the way I sound. Is that something you hear often? I hear it almost daily, almost daily. And that's really what kind of brought me to this space. I, I've i been a voiceover talent, voice actor, if you will, for more than 30 years in some capacity or another. I've done a lot of narration. I've, I've had a lot of vocal training myself. Mm-hmm. And in with this explosion of social media and people in business, entrepreneurs, everyone knowing and hearing over and over again that you've got to get yourself out there. You've got to speak to your audience. I have been hearing from friends of mine who know what I do. Author friends have said, 
my agent says I need to do Facebook Live and I don't like how my voice sounds. Mm. And and other people in business have made this comment to me enough that I realized this is a this has now become a calling of mine to help people become more comfortable in their voice because everyone has a message that needs to be heard. Are there in your opinion people who actually have a great voice or just being too hard on themselves and if that's the case how do we know if in fact we need to work on our vocal quality? I think probably most people their voice is just fine. Mm. And it's we are our own worst critics, right? So I think a lot of people just need to hear that they are okay and they need, they might have a couple of things they can work on, but overall they just need some confidence infused in them. And you know, if I can help them with that too, that's great. But it's also really important to take a, a good hard look at yourself. You know, I hear you say all the time, when you know better, you do better, right? <laughs> right. So the very first thing I tell people to do is do some some self-assessment. You've got to have an awareness of how you sound. And what I tell them to do, first of all, is if they are already attempting to do social media and they've they've done live on Facebook or something, to turn that on, turn their phone over and not watch themselves because they will be completely distracted by, you know, oh, that hair's out of place or why'd I wear that top? And I want them to listen to themselves try and detach themselves from the fact that it is yourself that you're listening to. And I, and if you will just listen to yourself and think in terms of, if this is just some random person I came across, would I listen? Oh, that's good. And, and make a list. Again, don't even consider that it's yourself. Try and really detach yourself and say, is this someone I would listen to? Because we all have a pet peeve that we really, that makes us tune out. So let's assume that we are being really harsh on ourselves and we just, we're saying we hate our voice, but is there another way to assess our voice other than our own opinion, which might be more critical? Well, you know, you could enlist the help of friends and family. And how, how, do, how do we know who to go to that they're not just going to say, oh, your voice is lovely. Don't worry about it. Is, is there a type of friend or a type of person who we should ask? Well, I think everyone has that friend that that is their go-to. Mm-hmm. You know, their 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 friend that they know they can trust. Their their biggest cheerleader. It's who I tell people to talk to when they're when they're on camera or when they're podcasting. Your audience, you know, don't think in terms of you're talking to thousands of people. Who's that one person who's your biggest cheerleader? Mm. That's the person you can go to and just say, be real with me. Mm. Listen to this thing I recorded or listen to this speech I'm working on. Or can I just talk in front of you and have you point out some things to me? Or can you listen to me for the next week so that you catch me in my natural state of speaking? You're not, you don't have a heightened awareness. You've got this natural state of speaking tell me what you hear and maybe give them a list. Maybe they're not aware. Give them a list. Ah. Do I use filler words when I should be just pausing? Do I say, um, do I say, ah, do I say like, do I end each sentence? Like it's a question, Mm. you know, that's called up speak and is very annoying to people. Another thing is, do I have a vocal variety? How's my volume? Do I sound 
like I have no authority? Do I sound really unsure of myself? And and that right there is your breathing in your chest and not your diaphragm. You you you've you've lessened the strength of your voice. And my personal pet peeve is vocal fry. <laughs> where you hear you hear people do it and they talking like this and and they've got this there's just people just tune out even though I know there are many well-named celebrities that do it. Yeah. I don't know if they do it on purpose or if it's a, a little tick that they have or what, but it's very annoying. There's two vocal fries that I've noticed. There's the um, what I like to call the smoker's fry. It sounds like you're really old um, or that you're like a smoker. And then there's like valley girl fry. <laughs> you know the one I'm talking about where it's like, yes. um, I just don't feel like doing that right now. That one, they both drive me crazy equally, but especially the uh, Valley Girl Fry. I can't handle it. And I heard that a lot. I did, you know, it's funny. I did an informal poll a couple of days ago on my Facebook and my Instagram. And all I said was, what is a vocal quality or speech habit that makes you automatically tune out from a speaker? Mm, mm. And I'll tell you, everyone had an opinion. It was probably the most engaged post I've had in a long time. People had an opinion. They would say, upspeak, vocal fry, boring cadence, monotonous. Mm. And, and and then they would all comment, you know, when someone would say that, there would be, people would post YouTube videos yes. showing an example of what it was. Uh, I hate when people use the word like, mm. uh, smacking their lips. And then one person <laughs> was so funny, said, what is vocal fry? And then boom, 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 right underneath was about... 10 YouTube videos of, of what it is. Okay, got it. You know, and it, it, everyone has a pet peeve. Everyone has a pet peeve. I agree. I've got plenty of them. But I also know a great voice when I hear it. So are we in agreement? Are most of us in agreement when we hear a voice that helps us hear the message? And if so, can you describe that for us? Wow, that's a great question. I do believe that we each have preferences but I also believe that there is that great voice. And I think it's it's kind of a mid-range tone. It's got authority. There's no mm -hmm. gasping for air. The words are clean and, for the most part, you know, sometimes we have slang, sometimes we throw away a word. But for the most part, it is just something that is pleasant to listen to. And it, it is it is kind of hard to describe, but... I, I would say perhaps the mid-range voice, not too high, not too low. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. the goal here is to not have distractions, to get your message across without distractions. Because yes. anytime you add a vocal quality that is difficult for people to listen to, your message gets lost. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. I was listening to one of my absolute favorite podcasters this morning and I knew she had a cold and I I could hear it in her voice. And I literally thought about it almost the entire podcast. I'm like, oh, she recorded this with a cold. Oh, man, this doesn't sound like her voice. It was kind of distracting because I could hear her straining. And so it made me feel like I needed to strain or I was straining on her behalf. You know, when you see somebody wincing in pain, we don't like to see others in pain because it makes us feel like we're in pain. And I think the same is true. When I hear a young woman speak with um, this, you know, just 
complete lack of confidence. I can feel her insecurity. I can feel her doubt. I can feel her shame or pain or whatever you want to call it. Then I I can't listen to her because I feel responsible for her. And I, I want to pull her shoulders back and I want to tell her to believe in herself, even though that might have nothing to do with her message. I think it's important for my listeners to know why is it we need to convey authority when we're speaking about our business, our subject, the thing, if we're going to go on Facebook Live, why is it important for us to have a voice that conveys conviction, authority, and confidence? I'll tell you why, because your message will get lost. No one will hear your message if they're thinking about your how you're speaking. You you want your voice to be to be so mid I mean, not boring, not boring by any means. You, you've got to convey emotion. In fact, what you just said brought to mind a study that was actually done last fall at Yale University where they determined that the best way to recognize emotions in others is to listen. And that's the first time, you know how you've always heard you have seven seconds to make uh, a first impression? And, and that's not true with your voice. It's almost immediate. And there are there are studies to back this up now and, and relatively new ones within the last few years. But the one that they did at Yale is so interesting to me because we've always been told your facial expressions and your body language are what to look for. But now they know and they determined in this study that so many people are so good at hiding facial expressions and body language and putting on kind of a false appearance, but your voice is the best way to determine emotion. So in this study, people were better able to determine what the speaker was trying to get across when they listened only and did not see them. Wow. You know, it makes me think about the most recent Audible books I've listened to and the ones that just had the biggest impact on me and I know are really popular on Audible are ones where the actual author is reading the book and her vocal quality is confident, a lower tone, a lower pitch, but really easy to listen to. Um, I, I'm thinking in particular of um, You a Badass. Is that what it's called? You a Badass? You're a Badass? You're, you are a Badass, I think. Yeah, You are a Badass. And then the other one was a five-second rule. Yes. And both women have very different speaking styles, but they both convey confidence. They're both relaxed. It's very natural. It's very, even though they're reading their own books, there's a speaking quality to it. You're not, they're not reading. They're not nervous. I'm, I'm, I don't question what they're saying. And I think both of those women are probably pretty accomplished public speakers as well. So they have had a lot of practice with their message. Um, I've actually done an audiobook, narrated an audiobook that was, you know, a self-help type of a book, but the the author was just not comfortable in her own voice, which is interesting to me, but, you know, to each his own. But I, I agree with you, and I've heard both of those books, and they're brilliant. And there are several authors, when, when I was thinking yesterday about this topic, and that kind of occurred to me, all the ones that came to mind are authors who pretty much started out speaking about their topic, 
they got comfortable with that. And then a book came out of that because they were telling their own stories, their own discoveries. Then the book came out. And by that time, they had talked about it so much. It was a, a natural expression for them to then narrate their own audiobook. And that's why it's so impactful. When you know your message, as your listeners do, they have a mission. They have something to get out there. And it's not going to happen just by putting memes on their on their social media. <laughs> so if we're trying to build a strong voice and we're, we don't have as much experience as we'd like, you know, you, you've just got to start. But what's one thing you would recommend my listeners begin to work on? The most important thing and the foundation of vocal variety and strength is breathing properly and learning how to breathe. Which sounds so funny because don't, don't we need to just breathe? I mean, yeah. but is there a specific way we need to think about breathing when we're speaking? There is. And I like to tell people, I want you to overthink it. You know, breathing is something we've done since birth without ever thinking <laughs> about. And if you watch a baby breathe, you will see that they naturally breathe and their little tummy expands. But for whatever reason, through watching people or just tensing up, we begin to breathe more shallowly as we get older, and we breathe in a in kind of just a chest breath, I like to call it. So I think I could probably illustrate that by just with my own voice. Okay. Okay, so I will take, this is me speaking from a breath that has only gone to my chest. Can you hear how much weaker I sound? Yes. Now, how do, how do you know that it's only gone to your chest? I mean, how do you... How do you tell yourself where the breath goes? Okay, so I'm feeling tension just right in my chest, and I'm speaking from that. Okay, now I'm going to take a deep diaphragm breath. And is that through your mouth or your nose? It can be either. Okay. Uh, I, te I tend to have trained myself to breathe through my nose because it's less noisy when I'm speaking. Mm -hmm. But you can certainly start with a breath through your mouth. But can you hear the difference now? Totally. I took a breath and I exhaled my words. Mm -hmm. So what, what I tell people to start with is for a couple of weeks, I want you to overthink your breathing. And the very first thing to do is sit on the edge of a chair or stand up, put one hand on your chest right at you know where your collarbone is, up high. Okay, I'm doing this. Okay. Mm -hmm. One on your stomach or right right by your rib cage, right below your rib cage. Okay. Where you would just think is your stomach, right? And not mm -hmm. your lungs, but it's actually the very bottom of your lungs. Okay. Right below your diaphragm muscle. Take a normal breath and see where, what part rises, which hand is rising. Oh yeah. Only the bottom hand. Okay. Then you're breathing properly. A lot of people will say, oh, you know, my shoulders are rising and my chest is rising. Well, they're just taking a very shallow breath, and they are not going to convey confidence and authority with whatever words come out of that breath. They're going to lose air. They're going to go into a crackle sound, mm -hmm. and, and they're just going to not be able to get their message across. When you breathe, take another breath and, make, and just think hard about breathing, filling up your lungs from the bottom up. Mm. So you want to take the biggest breath you can, have that hand on your stomach expand, mm -hmm. and then exhale your words. And when you say exhale your words, you're speaking instead of really thinking about exhaling. The exhaling just happens as you speak. That's right. That's correct. And as, as I near the end of my sentence, if I've run out of air that I'm exhaling, 
Do I take another breath in there? If you still have just a few words left in your sentence, you can take a, a short breath to get you through. You don't want to gasp. Um, a, a good exercise, and you know, the diaphragm is a muscle and it can be exercised just like any other muscle. So doing this exercise and, and just taking deep breaths and perhaps holding it for a count of 10, feeling that your abdomen is expanding, your stomach is, area is expanding rather than your chest, and then exhale slowly, keep your ribs expanded, and you kind of tighten your abdomen like you're doing a crunch. You're, that's practicing rolling up from the lower abdomen muscles Keep your chest high and just master that, just thinking about deep breathing. And then take four deep breaths. And on that fifth breath, take a really good inhale and exhale your words. So practice perhaps your introduction that you would do in a live video. Mm. Practice, hello, my name is Tammy Romani, and I'm a voiceover talent, or I'm a, I'm a brand voice expert, and, and, and just find out where it's great. The average sentence is 10 to 12 seconds long, so if you can't make it through 10 to 12 seconds on a breath, we need to work on your breathing. Ooh, a good place to practice this then would be on Instagram stories or Snapchat, because you literally would practice one sentence at a time, which is about 10 to 15 seconds. That's a great idea. I'm going to totally steal from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you a question. I've worked with um, vocal trainers throughout my career. And one thing that I learned early on was how to almost impersonate the voice of someone who sounded confident and uh, who was authoritative. And this is Going way back to, I mean, just a few years ago when I was in my 20s <laughs> and learning to practice to not sound like a little girl. The one thing people would describe me as they'd say, oh, you mean that little blonde girl? And I always felt like I was going to, you know, people were expecting me to skip into the room with a lollipop. So I needed to convey a bigger, taller, more confident personality and use my voice, not my appearance. I would learn or practice something that you've done for 30 years, which is you're a voice actor. And I've not heard very many voice experts or coaches talk or speak to this, but is that a technique that you could suggest people try using when they, they just think, well, this is the voice that I have, but yet they can impersonate someone? Or do you suggest that people try that? I do. I really do. And one thing I give my clients is a list of adjectives. And I ask them to pick a few and try and act their way through that one word. Can you give me an example? This is fun. I can't. So I, I have a list of, I mean, if you just Google list of adjectives, you will come up with thousands. <laughs> um, I, I have a list that I give to people and something like adored, aggressive, oh, fun, energetic. Fabulous, <laughs> nervous, powerful, yeah. queasy, sad, spirited. I mean, you know, you just go, you just overact it. You you don't necessarily talk that way, mm -hmm. but it's also a great if you have trouble with um, enunciation, articulation. Do those words with a pencil between your teeth. Mm. 
and it will it, you are overcompensating until you find your you back off from that and you find your new normal which is going to be more animated and interesting to people what about pace pace is something that you kind of need to self go back to the self assessment mm-hmm. um pace a lot of breathing has to do with pacing and i also want people to be aware of filler words that they use. Mm. So speech that is too slow or too fast risks losing your audience. Yeah. If you're too, if you're too slow, you will bore them and lose their interest. And if you talk too fast, you will absolutely leave them scratching their heads wondering what in the world you said. Mm-hmm. So it's it's again a, a self-awareness, being aware of your delivery pace which takes doing it, getting putting yourself out there and then listening again. I try to think about my pace often. I feel like mm-hmm. I speak too fast. I know myself personally with some speakers, if they speak really fast and I have even a moment where I'm thinking about what they've just said, they've lost me because they've already moved on. But there's two videos that I watched in preparation for our interview today. I watched two of my favorite speakers. They are um, Tony Robbins and Brian Tracy. Now, Tony Robbins, and I don't think this is, you know, something that he doesn't know, but his voice is just fried now. It's just mm-hmm. fried, and I assume it's from maybe not taking care of it all these years. I don't know. Brian Tracy's voice, still very strong. Mm-hmm. However, both of them I noticed in these video YouTube videos I watched today were speaking so fast, and I thought, now why is it I'm able to keep up? And I think it's because there were no filler words, or maybe they were... The speeches I watched were so rehearsed. I don't know, but why is it some speakers can speak faster than others? And how do we know if we personally need to slow down or speed up? Wow, that's a great question. I I have noticed that as well, that some people can speak very fast. And a lot of that is just repetition and practice. Mm -hmm. They've done it for so long. Mm -hmm. And also, you're you're so right about the filler words. I, I have from so many people who say, how do I train myself to stop saying like? I didn't even know I was saying it. Mm. Or do you know what I mean? You know, something. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, every, every, I actually was listening to uh, an influencer the other day who had some good training to do and I had to turn him off because every sixth word was um. Oh, geez. Where if he had just listen to himself a few times. I suspect that he never listens to himself when he's done. And when I ask my clients, they often say, no, I I don't ever listen to myself. Mm -hmm. But if you listen to that and detached yourself and said, what about what I'm saying is annoying? You'd hear it. I really think you would. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I would hope you would. And if you're aware of, of speech and just trying to make yourself more aware of your own practice, I think you would. But how much better would it be if you're making a point to just put a pause? Yeah. Leave, leave some blank air for people to think for a minute. When you fill it with a word or a sound, it automatically cuts them off from that thought that you just had and that you just presented to them and makes them go, oh, we're going somewhere else now. So true. It's a habit too. And I've noticed that of course with kids. My son, when he was, uh, I think it was speech class in high school. I don't remember whether it was his speech class or English class, but the teacher had one of those little hospitality bells 
that you would ring at the counter of the hotel in the movies. And every time a kid, whether they were asking a question, delivering a speech, or just in conversation, anytime she heard some of those filler words, she would ring the bell. And it literally broke my son and just about every other kid in that class of that habit because they couldn't stand hearing that bell ring. That is a fantastic idea. Isn't that great? That, that is a fantastic... You'd have to, of course enlist the help of a friend yeah. to do that for you. But I think that's amazing. And it it surely wouldn't take long to break yourself of that habit if you had someone helping you with that. We've all been in an environment where someone stands up to speak. Maybe it's in a room of 10 people or 100 people. There's that person who can be heard over the crowd. And then there's that person who can barely be heard in a small circle of five. How do you build a s- stronger voice? Can you or are you just born with your voice? No, you absolutely can. And I'll tell you, one of the things that first fascinated me about the voice Mm -hmm. and voice technique, before I ever became a voice actor or went into broadcasting, I had a speech class in college. I think I was a freshman. And this teacher, it was a technique class, and this teacher took us to the football stadium at the college. He stood in the center of the football field at the 50-yard line had us climb to the top of the bleachers and speak so he could hear us. Wow. And not yell. Not yell. And it was all about the breathing technique he had taught us and how to breathe from your diaphragm. That's where you can control your, your presence, really, your presence, which is your, your authority, your command of what you're saying, your volume. And, you know, it's great if you have to speak in a public speaking setting, sometimes microphones fail. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have this ability, (laughs) you're going to be stuck with no message to tell because people won't hear you. I could probably speak to a fairly good sized room and have everyone hear every word. Mm -hmm. And I think you probably could, too. Yeah. And I've had to. Um, I have had to learn through the course of my career, not just how to use my voice, but how to make it last over the course of three or four days. In the past, I was doing diaphragmatic breathing, but I was breathing through my mouth. And because of that, drying up my vocal cords and losing my voice by like day two, if it's a four-day event. So I, I really had to learn to use you know, the, the little fillers in our nose hairs and, and that process of kind of... Um, taking in air through my nose and filtering it so that it wouldn't dry out my throat and that to give me that strength and to take care of my vocal cords and to keep them moist. What other tips can you give to people who, even if they're just doing an hour-long Facebook video or a podcast or maybe back-to-back social media pieces, what suggestions do you have for us to keep our voice strong for more than, say, you know, a half hour? Well, yeah, this is really so important, especially when we do have lengthy messages. A lot of people are doing webinars and podcasts, as you said. I feel like the number one thing is to hydrate, make sure that your body has enough water, and because you will, your vocal cords really will thin out and will be unable to carry the sound if your entire body is not hydrated. Mm. And I know you're a big fan of that. So it's not just drinking while you're speaking. It's hydrating the organ 
long before you start your speech. Okay, great. Absolutely. Absolutely. And another great tip is, is to have some kind of a spray Mm -hmm. or something. I I know a lot of people, I actually have a friend in voiceover who creates a spray from essential oils Mm. and it, it just helps to give you a little bit of a boost. Breathing, like you said, breathing through your nose is far better. If you can teach yourself to take the breath through your nose and not through your mouth, it will help keep your vocal cords supple, I like to say, or, or, <laughs> or not feeling dried out. Mm-hmm. Supple is such a weird word. But, <laughs> you know, it, it just, it, when, when you have a very dry throat, people can hear that. Yeah. And, and you won't have the longevity. Unfortunately, I know a lot of voiceover talent who can't make it through a half-hour session, and I just think they need a little more work on this. I've done five hours at a time of an audiobook and had no problem. Mm. Another tip that if you are might not work if you are on stage, but you could go backstage, take a bite of a green apple. Mm. And I I really need to look up why that works, but hmm. it's a well known remedy for having vocal issues and giving you some longevity. There's something about a green apple, no other color apple will work, that will absolutely help you have sustain your vocals for longer. Well, your voice is so important to your brand. I mean, that's what it's about today. If we're trying to build our business, if we're trying to build our brand, trying to get our message out there, we need people who want to hear it, number one, who believe us, who trust us, who like us. And that starts with our voice. I know people get that. How does it work? Like, let's say I, I get this. I know that. I suspect that my voice could use some work. What does it look like when someone works with you? Are they sending you an audio tape? What does it look like? I like to do I like to do live sessions like Zoom sessions. Okay. Um for for my private coaching clients. I I I will probably have a course coming out very soon, mm-hmm. but I do like the interaction because I can I can have them try different things. Everyone is so different that one person might need to specifically work on the vocal fry. They just lose air at the end of a sentence. And so mm-hmm. we might need to work more on breathing. Another person might have a really a, a, a staccato, well, that's kind of a singing term, but mm-hmm. kind of a punchy delivery that is hard to listen to. Mm. And in that case, I would work. Can you impersonate it so we know what you're talking about? Well, I think that if I really wanted to breathe properly, Oh my gosh, I got it. I know who this person could be. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I immediately think of someone who talks with that voice. Yes. Okay. You, now you're going to have to give me an example for each one of these. Oh, well, Volker Fry, we talked about, and that would be, yep. you, you lose air. And so sometimes mm-hmm. there is actually a voiceover technique that I use periodically where I will punch a word with vocal Fry. Mm. At the end of a sentence to make a, a, some advertisers like it in commercials to just kind of say, you know, drink some fluids, avoid alcohol and caffeine. You know, I mean, just uh, that. Oh, I got you. Okay. That is completely overemphasizing, but got it. it would be very slight. But people who run out of air kind of have the vocal fry throughout the whole thing. And you gave the best example. It sounds like you're, you're tired all the time. But you gave the best example. It's kind of the the Valley Girl. It's it's I hate to say it, but perhaps a California thing. Maybe it's worldwide at this point because of the nature of certain celebrities who that's part of their brand. 
And what about what about that baby voice that I hear so many women use? You know, and, and again, I was doing some searching on a podcast, and I ran across the podcast topic. I looked at her little icon, and I'm like, oh, this woman looks like she's really put together. It was on business and confidence and organization. And I started listening, and I really thought it was a joke. Like, I, I could not even believe this woman's voice. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've got to click on her reviews. There's got to be people just ripping her about this voice. And, you know, they weren't. They were like people who were probably longtime fans and had just grown accustomed to it. But it sounded like a fourth grade girl. I could not believe how young and insecure the voice was. And I don't know why we've made that acceptable for women because you, you just sound so weak. I hate to say it, but that's one of my pet peeves yeah. is women, women don't sound weak. But, you know, what? how do we help people recognize that they're using this weak voice? You know, that's interesting that you talk about this because I have a, a very good friend who is a voice actor and she has that childlike voice. Mm. But for her, she discovered it was a, a speech almost like a birth defect mm. where her vocal cords did not grow as she grew into becoming a woman. Oh, now she I actually, feel bad. <laughs> no, I, this is rare though. Oh, come on. Okay. This is rare. Most of the time we are talking about exactly what you're saying. In her case, she actually had a college professor rightly tell her, if you don't do something about your voice, you'll never make it in business. Huh. So she has tried and tried and tried. Now she can put on a deeper voice, but if you have lunch with her, you're talking to someone who sounds like a seven-year-old little girl. Oh. But you know what she did? What? She is now the voice of almost every Fisher-Price toy out there. No way. Yeah. She, d she used it to her advantage. She, That's she does awesome. A lot. And you should hear her demo at Christmas time of elf voices. Oh, my goodness. She, 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 she's successful because she took what God gave her and she made it into a business. Now... Most people, I will say, are not in her situation. Most people have acquired this mm. through whatever social pressures. Maybe it gives them a good reaction. But when you sound like a child and you're a woman and it is not your natural, normal voice that you have tried to overcome and can't, then there is something you need to do about it. Mm. And, and, and there is some vocal resonance training you can do to learn to drop that a little bit and kind mm -hmm. of find a new normal for your anatomy. I love it. You know, it, it affects so much of our opinions of others. Like when I meet someone and I find out they're really intelligent, they're really smart, they're really accomplished, but they have that little girl voice, I'm always like, wow, I'm really surprised because as you said, I've made that seven second assessment of who they are. I've already judged them based on their voice. Yes. You know, so I just I just think it's important for listeners to realize we have it's fun. We have this opportunity to make ourselves better every day. And voice is one of those things that you can improve. And there are people out there like Tammy who are experts at this and experts at coaching people. Tammy, do you still and I'm going to put you on the spot, but do you still work with people one on one if they're interested in doing a, a Skype consultation with you? Oh, sure. Yes, I do. And how do I have people reach out? Uh, you can book a, just, you know, a discovery call with me through my website, TammyRomani.com. Can you spell that for us? Yes, T-A-M-I-R-O-M-A-N-I. -I. And on social media, I'm the same everywhere, Tammy Romani. 
Well, let's hit you up on our, your website. If I recall, you also have a kind of a worksheet for us, like a checklist to help us with breathing. Where can we find that? I do. You can go to TammyRomani.com slash Shalene. And it's just four steps to breathe your way to a stronger voice. Mm. Just the, the very, you know, dip your toe in the water and let's start to become aware of this. Let's start having more of a presence. And I, what I would love is to hear from people that can compare after a couple weeks of doing this. Maybe you've got a recording now. Record yourself again in a couple of weeks after doing these breathing exercises every day. And let's see the difference because you will see a difference or hear a difference rather. Well, let's hear the difference. Let's have people leave me a voicemail. You can do that by going to my website and just clicking on the little widget that says uh, leave a voicemail for Shalene. And we we could maybe hear your voice before and after those four tips. Tammy, I talked on my Snapchat recently about what I think, in my opinion, and having done this for 30 years, makes an instructor, a fitness instructor, exceptional. And I said, one of the things that people don't realize that they're judging instructors on is their voice and how important voices as a fitness instructor or any type of instructor, professor, you name it, coach, your voice needs to be confident because you're teach, you're leading people. And when I did that series, the overwhelming request that I got from people was, Shalene, is there a program? Is there is there a coaching program? Is there an audio? Is there someone I can work with? Obviously, people now know how to get in touch with you to work with you. But I, this is my request on behalf of my audience that you consider putting together a vocal training course specifically to help entrepreneurs improve their voice. And I can't think of anyone better to do that. Oh, it's in the works. It's in the works. With 30 years of experience, I, I bet you've got a whole bunch of things to slide in there. And this is your invitation. We'd love to have you back when that's complete. Tammy, it has been an honor to have you here today and some great takeaways from my audience. Thank you again for being a guest of Build Your Tribe. Thank you so much, Shalene. I enjoyed every minute. Well, that was fun. I hope you take this pretty seriously. You should. I mean, you're listening to a podcast, so you know the power of voice. You know the type of connection that you feel when you listen to certain people's voices. I know that's true for me. There are certain people who I just feel like I know them because I've listened to them on podcasts or because I've watched them in social media, on live videos. You've heard me talk about that a million times. And it starts with your voice. It's something we can all improve. I know you have it in you to make this subtle change and make a big difference in the impact you have on the world with your voice. As always, it is my objective to be brief, to be bright, to make it fun, and then be done. So for now, we're done. But I love you, and I'll talk to you soon. You want to minimize the number of poor decisions you make when it comes to your health. One thing that almost everyone needs to do is drink more water. It's something that I didn't do for many years, even as a health and fitness professional. I was surviving on a diet soda addiction it was almost embarrassing. Like I would hide how much diet soda I was drinking, but I thought it was zero calories. And I literally considered that quote, clean eating because it was zero calories. And I also didn't like drinking water. It was a tough habit to break. And I'm not proud of the fact that I drank that much diet soda for so many years, but I am really proud of the fact that I broke the habit and developed a new one. 
Today I can tell you that I, on average, have 75 ounces of water per day. And in order for me to develop a habit, I had to develop a system. Because the definition of a habit is something you don't even have to think about, you just do it naturally. You don't have to use self-will or determination. You don't have to force yourself to do it, you just do it. And because I didn't love water and because I could never remember how much water I was drinking, I developed a system. I call it the 131 hydration system. And you don't have to be part of the 131 movement to enjoy the system that's going to help you drink at a minimum 75 ounces of water a day. There's a story behind it and I want to share it with you. So once you're done with this podcast, can you write this down for me? Or will you remember it? I bet you'll remember it. It's really, really easy. 131H2O. And I am so excited to be hearing from former diet soda addicts just like me who are now cured and doing something healthy for themselves every single day. That's 131H2O.com. Okay, 